This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Underbox Podcast, the television show podcast on the Amphil Index Podcast channel. And we're back again this week with the regular crew. Now, it's pretty, getting pretty regular now, um, of Mr. <laughs> Joseph Connors, who are lo- lovingly called Joey. Namaste, Joey. I'm going to beat you to it this time, mate. Yeah, namaste, guys. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, dude. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. And uh, also, Mike Williams. How are you doing, Mike? You okay? Hello, yes. Good to be back again. Back again. You're regular now. There's no point in like like a newbie no more. Uh, <laughs> you know? <It's, laughs> when I you first, like first started talking to you, uh, I'm not sure about podcasts, mate. Yeah, I did one ages ago. Okay, I'm on every yeah. week. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we here to talk we're about? Actually, we're actually in one house, just in different rooms. So. <laughs> <laughs> we live together now as well. No, uh, basically, yeah. what are we talking about? We're talking about, we're going back, you know, back into the past for this one. Um, one of the biggest shows ever, P- possibly, possibly the most successful show ever, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But we're going to talk about Friends. Everybody Yay. has seen Friends. Surely everybody. Well, you think okay, so? Our age, our age. Sure. If you're in your thirties or above, you've seen Friends, and if you haven't, then you're probably seeing reruns of it, uh, of it syndicated versions of it. Everywhere, it's on all the fucking time. You go through the channels, <laughs> Friends is on. You know, they just repeat every single episode. You know, it takes how many episodes were the guys in the end? Oh, 230, 10 what? seasons, there's about 20, 24 236. episodes. 236, okay? Okay. 236, Ooh. so 236 days covered in a year. That's oh. all right, <laughs> yeah? For content, not bad. And if you do it for <laughs> just midweek days... That's the whole year sorted, pretty much. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, there's plenty of content for these guys, and um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Absolutely no point in doing any spoiler-friendly shit, because this, 
most of the people listening to this right now, if, you, if you're listening, you've, you've watched the show. You've watched it. So, let's just open up with some random facts. So, Joey, I'll come to you with one first, and then I'll go into some of the salary stuff that I love to talk about. Numbers. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to have some kind of numbers on this pod. So, <laughs> you, just, you guys just stop me when I start rambling too much and somebody else wants to go. But my first one is, this show was actually originally called Insomnia Cafe. Um, Friends was a title I did that not was, know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah, it was Friends. The, the the what it was actually called Friends was actually like the twentieth title they came up with. So they couldn't agree on one, so they finally just said, "Well, there's six friends living in New York City. Oh, let's call it Friends." Um, the actual role of for David Schwimmer as Ross was actually written just for him. So nobody else had to prepare for it. It was written for him, which is crazy. The opening credits, everybody thinks that's shot at Central Park or uh, Gramercy Park, which is New York City. Well, friends, I'm here to tell you it's not. That was actually (laughs) shot in a Warner Brothers studio. If you've ever been in New York City, there are things in the opening credits that you see and you go, hmm, that's not part of it. That's not part of it. But people who are not from America or who don't know New York City very well would not know that. Um, The cast went on a Vegas trip before... 1994, before this show started, because, because people are going to ask, well, why would they go to Vegas? What's the point? Because they said when this show started, they thought it was going to be so big that they would never have, basically, they would, people would know who they were everywhere they went. So that's mm. why they did the Vegas trip. I'll keep going if you guys are all right with that. Yeah, go for it. Give us one more. You must have something interesting. You're giving some really I do. I have a ones. bunch. <laughs> they were the first TV cast ever to negotiate as a group. Ah, see, this is where I was going to come into it, because it, you were talking never... about numbers. Yeah, because basically, I think, uh, after the season one, Ross and Rachel were the highest paid. Yes. And I've read yes. this story, too, because they both then went to collect collective bargaining. Yeah, yeah, they did. And they ended up, I know you're going to get into that later. Um, Bruce Willis only appeared on the show. After losing a bet to Matthew Perry, and you're going to ask, well, what was that bet? They were in a movie together called The Whole Nine Yards. Mm. Indeed. And, and the bet was, if it was the number one box office in the opening weekend, Willis would have come on for nothing. He didn't want money. And it ended up happening that The Whole Nine Yards opened to the best box office of that weekend. So that is why you saw him on there. And he was, like I said, paid absolutely no fee, which is crazy. Yeah, he did three episodes, um, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he was awesome. I thought he was awesome. He was awesome. Um, Matthew Perry struggled with drugs, and everybody thought he struggled through the show. He actually struggled with with drugs before that happened. Yeah, he ballooned in this show, though, didn't he? He went up and down yeah. in weight loads. He did. And he was of, very up and down, wasn't he? Yeah, he was very up and down. Um so I guess somebody else could go. I have some more, but let me yeah, find Yeah, okay. Some. So basically, we were talking about what you were talking about there, the collective bargaining. So season one and two. Season one, they were all on $22,500 per episode. Season two, everybody was on $22,500 apart from those two, Ross and Rachel, who went up to $40,000 because it was all around them, really, the main storyline, right? When they mm-hmm. went to season three... Ross and Rachel gave up their rights to be highest, you know, the highest paid and instead went with collective bargaining to give them more power. 
to give the group more power. So we're all going to get paid the same amount. And they all got 75000 for season three. So this is from various resort, uh, sources and it's Business Insider UK that, that's got the article that I'm reading it from, just, just in case people want to go check it out. Season four, they went up to $85,000 each. Season five, they went up to $100,000 each. Season six, $125,000 each. They never broke the pact after that. They stayed together. Season seven and eight, from 125000 Season seven and eight, they went to $750,000 each. Whoa. Per episode. And season nine and ten, they went to a million dollars each. That's forty-eight million for the last two seasons. Each. <laughs> each. Now you think, you know, that's a lot of money for back then. This is two thousand three and four, right? Hmm. Now now what are they making? You're wondering what? What do you mean what are they making now? They're making money still from friends. For doing jack shit. USA mm-hmm. Today reports that because of the magic of syndication, yeah. Friends pulls in a whopping $1 billion each year for Warner Brothers. Whoa. $1 billion, okay? Advertising, everything. They Just for the syndication, because it's still powerful. $1 billion. That translates to $20 million each per year for the six of them. They make two. They've got, they've got a two percent deal on syndication. That's amazing. Twenty That's so million smart. a year. That's why you'll probably find a lot of them aren't desperate for for movie roles or TV yeah. roles and pick and choose what they want to do. You know, and you don't actually get that off them. The vibe that they're desperate in any press or whatever. You never get the story either. They are they are minted. They don't need to do anything. This one show has made them for life. I mean, that is nuts, right? That is well, impressive. The, it is. And the funny, the funny part about it is that a lot of these actors and actresses who ended up playing the characters were not even first choices. So it was such a lucky thing. Back to facts, if you guys don't mind. Kathy Griffin, Kraft, Kathy Griffin and Jane Lynch were actually up for the role of Phoebe. They were the first two choices. Both turned it down. John Favreau and John Cryer both tried out for the role of Chandler, missed it, but both were first two choices. So it, it just goes to show you sometimes you, the, the business is just such a luck thing sometimes because, I mean, Jennifer Aniston wasn't really big before that. David Schwimmer wasn't. Uh, None, I mean, of I guess the, None of them were, man. Not if any of them were, were they? I not, didn't recall any of them. Maybe Courtney Cox was, because she was in a video. I can't remember what video it was, but she was kind of known at the time. Mm, mm, no. But yeah, nothing like, you know, what you would see now. Um, the Average Friends episode, how long do you think that took to film one episode? No idea. 20, 20, 22 minutes in an episode. Uh, it took, it, I'll let you guess. Go ahead. couple of days? Uh, three days. Five hours. Well, that's Whoa. great. That is great. Five hours to film one episode on average, which is amazing when you think about it. Mm, but it's that having. Is, but they, they didn't have to really do too much acting, right? It was more fun, be themselves kind of thing. I think. correct. Yeah, were, no, they, I agree. They, 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 I really think some of their. I suppose Joey was not really who he was. You know, Joey is a total loon, <laughs> and Phoebe, <laughs> Phoebe to be Phoebe is quite hard, right? 
to be honest. Cause, yeah. Because cause that's, she is a, just a weird character, which is great, but she's just playing something totally out there, right? But I think Chandler, I think you can see a lot of Matthew Perry in him. Uh, Debbie yeah. Schwimmer definitely can see him be a little bit like that. I think, I think actually he has to put a bit on, but, and then Rachel seems herself. That's natural. And Monica as well. It seemed really natural for her as well, to be honest. When you, when mm. you see them in other things, you, you see similarities, but I think the two that probably had to put on a lot in these two were Joey and Phoebe. Well, Joey's role was actually not written as like a dimwit character. It was actually Matt LeBlanc that suggested that he wanted to do it. So they changed it at the last second. He did it brilliantly. Oh, yeah. He made the right choice. Yeah, because it just, just up until even the last episode, you know, the 236th episode, he is playing slow, you know, like he catches things slowly. The naming of the kid, the, 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 the fact, you know, oh, it's just that there's twins, you know, what's the big news? Stupid things like, it's just so funny. He's just so stupid. And it never just got crazy. old. It never got old. You laughed at it every single time. Yeah. He's just, he was funny. He played this, played he, it perfectly. Yeah. He perfectly. He was the idiot of the Greek, wasn't he really? Yeah, fantastic. The Joker. Really. So Clown. Uh, let's do a couple more, Joey, and then let's move on to the, the rest of the pod. Um, that's probably all the ones okay. that I wanted to go through because some of them were kind of cheesy. Some of them were. Give like, us one cheesy uh, one. One cheesy one, then. Like, uh, oh, Marcel was actually played by two monkeys, not just one. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, we couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, you would never be able to tell. No. Um, uh, Phoebe actually did know how to play guitar, which I know, you know, the smelly cat, the famous song. And she always played, yeah, she man. knew how to play guitar before the series ever started. Superb. It's good to bring it in, but then play it badly. It's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> so she knew what she was doing, but she acted it out, which was even more impressive. Yeah. A lot of fun, man. So let's, let's go on to the, the, the main part of the show. So Mike, how did this show friends change the sitcom landscape well that's an interesting question as you say people in the 30s are going to know friends and will have been the generation that have grown up with it but just going back i mean i'm like 32 and friends were started in was it 93 94 94 yeah man. So i was in here but i was in here about 10 or 11 at the time mm. so watching it as it actually aired i don't think i actually watched it straight away because I, I was, you're not really sort of switched on at ten or eleven in terms of TV, film, or really kind of knowing what's what. And I think a lot of the, even a couple of years after that, a lot of the jokes were still going over my head, or you just wouldn't get them because it was American, and you just don't get some American references. Obviously, Jerry, you will, but you know, yeah. from our perspective, <laughs> yeah. we won't get it. But um, I mean, it, it definitely, it sort of, it definitely paved way for this sort of sitcom format. I mean, there was stuff around like Frasier. Um, there was, uh, Ellen was quite big at the time. And like Roseanne, Did the Rose, Roseanne or the Roseanne show. That was um, massive. Yeah. That was huge. Show here. Yeah. Awful. But it was here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, this was, I can't actually really think of any other sitcom or comedy at all. that I was watching before this and this sort of, when it obviously took off, and I was obviously at the right age, early teen, 
it was just like my life basically i think obviously everything that's come since then it's paved a way for this other stuff but even if friends hadn't happened something else would have still fitted this formula and sort of been that defining 90s comedy that then obviously made way for stuff like the big bang theory and you know, that kind of uh, situational episodic comedy but this this obviously paved the way right this is what kind of hmm. i don't know it, it inspired so many people in tv right this show the way they made the characters the way they interacted everything just i don't think i i don't think a sitcom like that has gone on to i don't know maybe 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 big black theory is i mean that is very popular massively popular hmm. but like you said there might be there might have been another one which one there's nothing else I can think of in my sort of lifetime that has been bigger than Friends. Obviously, sort of the generation before would be like Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, in terms of like growing up sort of mid, late 80s, and then obviously being more aware. Cheers, of, was, cheers was thought of highly. Yeah. That was that one of the yeah, 70s, 80s, wasn't it? I think, yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the I do like Cheers. That's, that's true. Yeah, Simpsons. And if you, I mean, even even Modern Family now, which is massive, mm. um, it doesn't hold a candle for me anyway to Friends. And it again, that's you know shows like the Mindy Project and Gags. I know you love Brooklyn Nine Nine for some odd reason, but you do. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it, a, it's funny that, you say that. I just haven't of, been able to go back to it, so that tells you something. Yeah, well, there I you go. Well, I haven't you know been able what? to finish it because it's it's I okay, the, right? It's just something you watch yeah. to have a laugh and a joke. It's not nothing. It's not something that's hooked you or something totally special. I don't think it is. I think it's hmm. just something that's there to pass time. If you get what I mean. Yeah, it's not sure. one of those that's oh my god, what a show this is. Yeah, I think the only big one that we're missing from that time period, and this is probably beforehand, would be the Cosby Show. Um. But again, that's yes. a vastly different. That's a vastly different show than what Friends did. So yeah, Cosby yeah, Show was was superb when I was growing up. Cosby Show was another level, man. Absolutely oh, yeah. another level. Just loved it. Just brilliant. And uh, it's a shame, really, looking back now. But we'll, <laughs> that's a, that's a, <laughs> Taint, uh, tainted. Totally tainted. Totally, totally tainted. But let's go with what the show did, uh, as in what we watched, and that was all high quality, really, really good. It's something that you'd watch again and again and again. And uh, looking back, you just feel sorry for the people that were working with him now. But anyway, um, moving on to Friends. Joey, uh, anything else you want to add on how it changed the sitcom landscape? Yeah, I mean, if I don't know if you guys remember this movie. So do you remember Reality Bites that came out same year? Ben Stiller. It was basically Gen Xers and... Uh, living this came the same kind of life, but just not 10 seasons worth of. So that sort of laid the groundwork for friends, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. Do you guys, did you have any, you know, what reality? No, not, been? No, not seen no I've not seen that one. No. Yeah. See, that's, <laughs> you guys will probably both really like it. It's from 1994. Ben Stiller's in it. It's mm-hmm. basically a bunch of baby adults, you know, like trying to grow up and find their place in the world. Kind of like just how friends was. Right. Um, always struggling and trying to get by until you hit that wherever that time in your life it gets you moving in the right direction. But that started it, but yeah, nothing before friends. I mean, it, it really changed the whole landscape. It, 
I mean, you're talking about 94. What was out in 94? Like um, Family Matters, like Party of Five, stuff like that. That's that's vastly different. Um, it just changed typical formats of shows. And, and frankly, NBC almost killed it because they tried to make it like the other shows. And the, the cast and the writers were just like, wait, you told us we could have basically free reign. This is going to work if you let it. And they had a lot of blowback because remember, um, you know, a few years earlier, NBC had another huge hit, which Mike, I believe you already said in Seinfeld. So they were mm-hmm. kind of looking at that going, okay, well, this is doing well. Why don't we just kind of copy this? But with, cause both shows take place in New York city, you know, so you, you could copy it, but just, uh, put it to a younger generation because there are a bunch of, so they were playing 20 somethings in New York city. Mm. I lived in New York City as a 20-something. I know what that's like. I know how hard that is to live. It's not easy. <laughs> it's the most expensive city in the world to live. So, you know, it was it was just different. It was vastly different from everything else. And, you know, the jokes that they got away with in that show, you would not get away with now. Um, a lot of the stuff that they want over, you know, they... They almost had a 9-11 scene. They had a, it was funny, it was really ironic. I mean, stuff like that where 9-11 happened and they actually had an episode where Chandler's in the, gets arrested in the airport for saying bomb. And he just says bomb, 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 bomb. He's making jokes about bombs and stuff like that. You would, you would never see that then. So yeah, Hmm. it, it really, it just changed the whole entire landscape of it. And I, for, for the good in my, in my opinion. Mike, any thoughts on, especially that topic there in terms of the jokes? Getting away with with certain things that they used to do and say in this show, that yeah. right now the way the world is, the way social media is. Remember, social media hadn't really blown up at that point. So, well, no, I mean, yeah, mid nineties, there wasn't really. Anything. I suppose well, all the way up to two thousand, uh, uh, well, yeah. up to twenty two thousand four, it wasn't really, really no, crazy, no. you know. I mean, Twitter wasn't even around, was it? I don't think. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, definitely not. No. no, definitely not. But um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff that I don't know. Friends feels like the, it was like kind of the, the typical '90s white heterosexual comedy. And I think because I I will watch reruns on Comedy Central, which annoyingly they pay play like the same episodes like about two or three times in the day. Shows you what I do in my daytime. But, um, yeah, it's very, it's very <laughs> heterosexual. It's very, it's very homophobic at times. You notice this, the, the jokes, the butt of the jokes are always about gay people or if there's, they bring gay people in as sort of camp humor. But it's very like, there's, there's, there's quite a few examples where, um, like Joey or Channel or Ross will be in a situation. And they'll like be like confronted by a gay person, or they'll be mistaken for being gay, and it's all about like, oh god, no, I'm not gay. It's that whole kind of no, don't associate with being gay. Whereas now, it's obviously, it's quite it's quite an offensive thing to sort of have that sort of homophobic. Oh, we're gonna make the joke because he thinks he's gay, and that's really funny because oh, we don't want to be gay. But that was the kind of that was the that was the attitude of of of. of that's a that theme. That's a recurring and, theme in the show. Yeah, and I think yeah. I mean, say today we'll be getting criticised a lot more for it being really white, really straight, and not having any sort of different you know, 
different elements in there at all. But, um, I think on the flip side, though, they did kind of promote, you know, Ross's ex leaves him for, you know, uh, as a woman. Is, is, is they, for they a woman. And they promoted yeah. that this is okay. And, you know, they have to... Ross is in a really difficult situation because... And Ross can't handle it. He can't handle it. But, this is, but that was... But isn't what that, lesbianism is. But isn't that reality? What would happen to somebody if it yeah. happens to you? I, I thought that was quite real for him to behave how he mm-hmm. was with the two ladies. And also, they really brought it across that one of the girls in the relationship is a guy. Kind of like, you know, plays the... The male role. Do you get what I mean? And, and he's always competing with her all the time. For, even to when, you know, she's having the baby, they have to, like, who's, who's the, who's the dad? And he ends up being the mom when she's not there. And it's such a great scene. Cause, you know, it just, I kind of, I kind of felt like they were, they were pushing it as if it was okay. Do you get what I mean? Mm, yeah. That, I, that, I, I so agree there was a that, flip side. Yeah. That well, was that, kind of an interesting element to it having that sort of, I mean, it was from the very beginning that Ross, he did, was he, he'd already split up from Carol, hadn't he? Yeah, it was he'd the first episode. For, it was the first, yeah. we, we find out in the first episode. Yeah. The pilot, yeah, the pilot. Well, it's funny, at the end of the pilot, do you remember what um, Monica, mess- her message to Rachel was after everything that's going on? She says to her, welcome to the real world, it sucks, you're going to love it. <laughs> so- yeah, exactly, because she's, she's this, you know, spoiled brat. Yeah, run away exactly. on a wedding day. And yeah, parents have money and exactly, and she's run away. And these guys are all really struggling to to get on in life and do stuff. I mean, she's she's the, insufferable, though, isn't she? Right at the beginning, Rachel. Oh, oh God. God, yeah, she is. And it's yes. really cool, actually, that she they show that develop because she yeah. never lived with these people ever. You know, real people. If 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 you think about it, right, it's a different world where. You're this spoiled brat, always surrounded by these people. When you have, you know, with rich people, whatever. When you go into the real world, like they say, you actually find out what the hell the meaning of life is. Mm. And that's the good thing with Friends being 230, however many episodes. I mean, just the the, the level of, like, character development. I mean, with any TV show, you've got, obviously, more opportunity to develop your characters than in a two-hour film. And that's why a lot of people are... A lot of big actors are going to TV now because you can use have that depth and that sort of intricate development of characters over a period of time, and that's what's interesting when you when you watch season one of Friends, the way you see the characters develop. I mean, some of them keep this a lot of their traits. I mean, Monica's neurotic; he's obviously a clean freak, and Joey's this womanizer. Um, you know, Chandler's obviously the funny guy, and you know they all have their traits, but. With examples like Rachel, I think her character especially just completely completely grows up over the seasons. I think that's really cool. Yep, totally agree with that. And um, Joey, anything else about culture? I think I think basically, I mean, how how did it impact culture around the world? I think it's oh, I don't know. It just I don't know how to explain this one. But anything in your mind about this? I just think it was a lot of Gen Xers who saw themselves as the same exact way, and that's how it hooked on so fast, because it was so relatable. Mm. And you get through, get through all the jokes, and you get through all the funny stuff, but just just put this put this show down to its basic core. It's a bunch of friends trying to figure it out on their own, but they, they have each other. 
you know, it's when, it's when you move out of your parents' house. Maybe you graduated college. Maybe you didn't. But that's what this whole show was always about. They go through everything together. You know, they're very – I mean, we probably – all three of us probably have friends, and we're all older than this. the people in this show that we still count on, that we still are there for us all the time. You need people in your life like that until the day you die. And that's what this show was about for me. Yeah, I agree. I think was the, the, the most to – Obviously, over the entirety of ten seasons, I mean, the, the stuff they managed to cover, everything was in there. there was, oh, it's amazing! Yeah, it really. You is. know, I don't think anything was left untouched, um, and a lot of it was quite off. Well, there was overarching stories, obviously, but a lot of them were sort of confined to episodes, and would address something, resolve it by the end of an episode. Um, so you'd had that, and then you had this whole idea of them all growing up getting closer to each other and obviously when Chandler and Monica got together and the whole idea of settling down with families and then there's a period when Joey wanted to settle down he was sort of getting that kind of urge to move away from being this uh, you know this uh, singleton around New York just basically sleeping with women and that was all his life was and I think yeah that's quite an interesting idea of the whole development and the whole how every story was different but they managed to sort of bring them all together to sort of round these characters throughout the seasons yeah i thought it was interesting as well how they 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 pretty much went through everything didn't they how many births were there in the end yeah in this show how many babies did they have you didn't see any babies anywhere at the end it was just like what the hell you had a baby where's she gone like yeah She's never oh, here. Phoebe, Phoebe's wedding. None of nobody in her family's there. Did you know you guys ever? Yeah, this is weird. None of them are there. Yeah. It's like, twin Ursula's not even there. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, we can't be asked to do the special effects. Yeah, so yeah. let's just leave that out. It costs too much. We're already put, we're, you you've you've taken the budget, woman. You've taken the yeah. budget. So I mean, there's a really good fact that we we you know nobody knows, but I mean, I, I just stumbled upon this by looking up at IMDb and stuff. And um, one of the characters, uh, Ross's child, um, what was his name? Ben, ben. wasn't it? Ben. Ben. Yeah. Right. So I have Ben Geller here, Cole Sprouse. Okay. He was in eight mm-hmm. episodes. Cole Sprouse was Jughead in Riverdale that just got released this year. Uh, here, here we go. <laughs> How 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 amazing is that though? Like as in, you know, this this guy was a kid. He was just a little kid that yeah. was watching on Friends. Now he's like, had to take it back to Riverdale. No, no, but what I'm saying is, how the <laughs> fuck? How old is this show? That yeah. kids oh, from it are now making their own way in the industry, which is crazy, crazy. It makes but makes you feel old. It does make yes. me feel old. I remember how I came into watching these shows because my sister. Uh, had a TV in her room, and she used to watch it every Friday night. It was on every Friday night in the UK. And, Channel 4. Uh, yeah, Channel 4, because it also, there used to be Bottom on in, on Friday as well. So there used to be, and that was on BBC Two. So luckily they didn't clash. So you could watch one and then the other. And, exactly. uh, and basically, I never watched season one at all. So I had no ideas uh, what was going, on. and I only got into it in the, for the for the first episode of season two. She, she this, my sister, forced me to watch it. She goes, "You got to watch it. You'll love it. 
You'll absolutely love it. I was like, I don't think so. It must be a girly show, you know. I, I ain't going to get into this. Shut up. But she got me into Star Trek. She liked Next Generation, so I gave her, I, you know, I love Star Trek Next Generation. So we used to watch it together. One of the things that we used to watch together, I've said this story before, by the way, on this show. So Friends, though, she said, please, just watch one. And oh, my God, I watched one episode and I fell in love with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah I think a lot of people did. Absolutely. And you know what? They were all spruced up in season two. If you go watch season one and compare it to season two, you could tell they've become stars and that they've got new haircuts, better clothing, everything. And she looked a bit more rounded. And, uh, you know, she she looked great, I thought. Yeah. I mean, uh, her haircut's famous. She's a Jennifer Aniston haircut. It's one of the most famous Mm. haircuts ever. Exactly. So basically, I just fell in love with her. I was like, (laughs) Wow. Okay, I'm watching this show, and then as you get on, your favorite, you know, it, it's, she's not my favorite, she's very to look at, but I just, I just loved every single character, and I think this is probably a good place to start talking about the characters in this show. I mean, Jennifer, I, let's start with Jennifer, because obviously I, I've gone there now, but um, what, were, what were your thoughts, Mike, on, on, um, on Rachel? Uh, because obviously she's... The first main storyline becomes is hers with Ross, and when they end the show, the main storyline really is her and Ross. Exactly. As I said before, I think I think she's had the most interesting character progression, and you know she has been one of the the more prominent of the six in it. I think obviously starting out on the whole potential. Ross Rachel relationship, and then when it does happen, they're like the kind of the glue of the group. And then obviously when they split up and they have however many we want to breaks, etc., that it sort of impacted on the group. And then sort of coming almost full circle, and then obviously getting married, drunk, and then having a kid together, and getting to getting back together, and it kind of felt like it kind of was all about her and Ross. So when you compare a character to like you know Phoebe, for example, Phoebe's still great, but she didn't have as much impact and wasn't as key as Rachel was. But I just think it's her her interesting character arc of being that spoiled rich girl who ran away from getting married and didn't have a clue what to do, and then she arguably became one of the most sort of independent and sort of headstrong characters in the group. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know whether she was my favourite character in it, but she's. I think she's certainly the most interesting and most, as you say, well-rounded character there. Joey, your thoughts on Rach? Yeah, I kind of agree a lot with what Mike was saying. I mean, when you first see her, she's that spoiled rich kid, but she does come a long way. I mean, her, she probably had the most developing to do out of all the characters. Um, hmm. Maybe her or Ross, um, but Ross was just so fucking irritating. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, I, I basically agree completely with what with what Mike said. Yeah, she's. I mean, I was a bit disappointed um, when they started putting it together with Joey. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, it didn't I, I feel right, really, did it? And you know that's why they kind of ditched it within three episodes. Yeah, and uh, well, they, the writers and the writers themselves said that was a mistake. Yeah, I think they were getting complaints, and I think people were like, this just doesn't, doesn't feel right. And also, it felt really awkward in the show as well. Like, 
I don't know. It, it, you know, once you're in the show, once you're watching this show for ten years or nine years, you actually feel like it's real. Okay, you, <laughs> as a fan, you do you do go into the world. You know, like this is real, man, on TV. I'm just watching people's lives. I know them so well, <laughs> and yeah. it just felt yeah. really weird how they were interacting with each other as well. So if you think about it. Joey felt, you know, the storyline was awkward, so you could tell even the actors were awkward. Like, you're having, she's having your baby, but she's not going to be with you. She's going to be with me. And, like, just the way it played out, it just felt like, ugh, come on, man. Dude. It just wasn't really his character, was it? It just didn't feel organic to his character over the however many scenes we've seen before. It was just such a contrast to what we knew Joey was. I mean, I think the whole idea of him being a womanizer and, you know, sort of using women for sex and just never settling down was something we got really used to, but it was also like an interesting way of him masking his loneliness, which never really came through. It was always about, oh, Joey's being a bit of a, a bit of a lad. He's, you know, going on a date, he's doing this, whatever. And then when it comes to it, and they're all what in their late twenties or even early thirties, and he's like, "I want to be Rachel. I have feelings." Blah blah blah. I just, it was such a contrast. It just kind of just didn't feel right. And I say, as you were saying, the whole Joey Rachel dynamic, it just felt really awkward. It didn't feel like it was meant to be in the show. So I'm not surprised they scrapped it. Yeah. Okay. Um, once, if you're on Rachel. Uh, with Rachel goes Ross. So uh, you've already said, Joey, that he annoyed the shit out of you. I yeah. I really really like Ross as a character. I think he fit the actually fit the show perfectly. I get what you mean, how he he would annoy people, annoy you, but I, I think that's kind of what he's meant to do. <laughs> he's like a lovable yeah. He's a lovable geek. Is what he was. Yeah, I'm a geek. A paleontologist. <laughs> oh, I'm a geek myself too. Sure, but I don't think are. I'd ever act like him. Like a, well, he's a dinosaur geek. That's that's totally yeah, like paleontologist. <laughs> yeah. And so it was, you know, he just he, they really play know, on it, don't they? The first three years, like really playing it. Like how many times does he try to hit on a woman and just looks like a complete fool? They have a whole episode dedicated to it. His flirtation. It's hysterical. He was just so. I mean, he was weird. He was, yeah, he was weird, and he was lovable. But at times, you're just like, man, move on from her. And he could never do it. He could never ever fully move on from Rachel. And for me, as a man, I'm like, all right, come on, give it up. Like she doesn't want to be with you right now. It's on and off relationship. But you're right, guys. He, I mean, he was again. He would. That part was written for him. So somebody knew something. I can, can get it, though. I, can, it. I, I can get it, man. You know what it is? It's like the meant-to-be story. Ross's yeah. story was the meant-to-be story, as in he fell in love with this girl when he was a kid. A young man, let's say. Not a kid. A young man. When she was a young lady. And he he stuck with it the whole way. And when he thought... Yeah, you know, do you know that they actually wrote two different endings, though? No. So this is one of your yeah. other random facts so, that you didn't tell us. Yes. Well, this is one I wanted to save because I was hoping it would come up and it came up perfectly. They wrote two different endings because so many people at that time when the, you know, the, the show was ending basically were like, oh yeah, they're going to, they're definitely going to end up together. It's obvious. 
Well, the head producer wanted, they wrote two different shows, two different endings where they weren't together. And that was on the table. That was what they were going to choose. And because fans were like, hmm, you know what? This, it makes more sense for them to be together. We didn't just invest 10 seasons in this to not see a happy ending. Because remember, at that time, there really still wasn't many sad endings and shows the way there is now with Netflix and HBO mm-hmm. and things like that. But they actually did write and, and did the scenes. They shot it all where they didn't end up together. And I thought a part of me thinks that, like, I love that they ended up and I like the way they wrapped it up. I love the way they ended up together. But a part of me thinks that, you know what, this show would have been even more hard hitting, more groundbreaking if they didn't end up together. Mm. I always thought that. I agree. I agree there. Oh, I mean, would have hurt, man, dude. It, but that, it, you, you, that's you, what you want, though, right? No, not what, always. Not every You kind of wanted them to get together. You always wanted them to get together and be together. But then at the same time, you also didn't because it was too, it was too clean and too predictable. But I personally quite enjoyed the ending and. I think it generally went down well. Um, it would have, I think it would have left people a bit more unsatisfied if they hadn't got together. But it would have been a lot more interesting, obviously. Yeah, but this show, you've been, you've invested in it for 10 years, okay? This is, you, you want that ending. You want it. You, you do. You want it. It's been on and off. There's been heartache, plenty of heartache going on throughout it. Yeah. Yeah. They're not together. Mm-hmm. You've sure. got. You've got Definitely. to. They have spent ten years building up to that moment. It could have probably done be done a little bit better, you know. Talking about planes and messing up engines or whatever they did. I think at the end where she got out and stuff is just stupid. Like <laughs> why? You know, they could have been a yeah. bit more creative. Um, don't mess with the plane stuff, man. Come on. <laughs> He's her lobster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. You know, that was so good, yeah. but. I, I thought it was a good ending. I I, I mm. like that. Um, obviously, the baby stuff for Chandler and and Monica. Let's. I mean, anything else on Ross, Mike? Yeah, I agree with Joey. He was sort of lovable, but also quite annoying. And just he was quite. Yeah, I think we look back on his behaviour now with how he was pining over Rachel, and just I don't know. There's quite a few instances where he was just quite odd. Like, I'm sure you remember the Unagi episode, which is a season six, episode 17, which I have to hand here. I saw it the other day, and it was just Ross being very, very creepy because he would be hiding in apartments to try and scare them. And it kind of felt innocent at the time, but then looking back on it, it's like, this is kind of weird behavior. It really kind of stalkery and just a bit kind of abnormal because he goes to the self-defense class and tries to like <laughs> i know that's the whole the whole idea of it it's, it's it self, is. Him to look like he's a stalker and he's trying to like attack women um which again has a different sort of context now when you th- when you're making jokes about attacking women it doesn't it, it kind of it, it, it's it's potentially a lot more sort of uh, real and raw and more offensive nowadays it's not just like back in the 90s where like you could joke about it or early 2000s rather where you could joke about it and it's like no really you know it does that it's like well it does actually happen and there's a lot of sort of cultural awareness now of how sort of women are treated by men i just think yeah it just makes him look bad in those scenarios but 
I mean, generally, I do think he's one of the funnier characters at times. I always remember him standing in front of his apartment. It might be like season five in front of his window, doing like pretending to get attacked by a shark and doing all this like weird stuff. I just kind of really stuck with me. Um, the little kind of funny moments he has because there was there was there was quite a lot of funny t- funny times on his part. To be fair, even credit credit where it's due, he did did make me laugh. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was really good. I really enjoyed. I mean, one of my favourite scenes of his is um, when he's sitting with Chandler um, in Central Perk, and basically they're talking about you know girls tell each other everything, everything. <laughs> like you know, we should talk, bro. We should talk. We should tell each other stuff. And he goes, he goes, me first, me first. You know how Chandler's like the idiot, and um, <laughs> he goes, and you know when you're doing it. And then your mom pops in your head, and you're like, "Mom, get out!" <laughs> and like, and like the, the the facial expression on David Schwimmer is fucking amazing, <laughs> so brilliant. And then the line that he says, I still use it to this day. I said, "Share, not scare." And like, oh my god, I am in hysterics. And like to this day. I still use that when I, I'm, when, if I'm talking to someone and they're sharing a story, I'm like, dude, man, I said fucking share, not scare, you know? <laughs> I still use it because it just, it was one of the funniest ones and it's just like, um, yeah, that thing does happen to guys, but not in that way, dude. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, we, we get it. And like, that type of stuff, the guy stuff was great because I, I really enjoyed that aspect because some of the stuff was real, right? And like, they brought mm-hmm. that to the fore. They weren't scared of bringing it up. Like, also, the Star Wars and, um, you know, um, Princess Leia stuff. You know, all that stuff was... was I mean, oh, I'm was, a geek. She was, like, so sexy. In yeah, that. You know, I'm so... I'm, <laughs> I mean, exactly. You know, I'm a geek and we all are. But those type of, that type of stuff was brilliant. They tried to mingle so many things with it. Guy stuff. And I'm sure there was girl stuff for the girls as well. But the guy stuff, it was just, it was just great when they did that type of thing. Joey was out of there. I couldn't resonate with Joey at all because, you know, and, and you know what? Let's move to Joey maybe if you're all right with that. Yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so, uh, I couldn't resonate with jo- I loved Joey. He was probably the funniest one out of the lads. Actually, it was very hard to determine who's the funniest, but he just he just made you laugh all the time with his stupidity. But I couldn't resonate with him because I'm, I'm not a womanizer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I could never wish to be one, you know. He's way on a different le- level to me, but you know, how are you doing? You know the the pickup lines just were how you doing? How are you doing? <laughs> you know, just it's just brilliant. And like yeah. the different names and like there's one scene and I just want to do one scene and then you guys can do it and then I'll come to Mike first and Rachel's telling this story of her friend who's like gone out with Ken Adams and stuff, and you know she's got this, <laughs> and like, and then he's like pointing to himself, me, Ken Adams. I'm Ken Adams, it's me, and I'm like, oh my god, because he never tells his real name to anyone, and it happens a few times in this, in in this, well, more than a few times in the show where, you know, one of the girls is talking about a friend or someone they know and they've gone out with someone and it's something stupid or something amazing and it's always him. It's always yeah, him. He's always behind it. It's just brilliant. Sorry, go on, Mike. That was one of my favourite moments with him, but... No, I mean, obviously, besides the uh, the womanising and the whole 
sex thing that you know again like you know i was in a similar boat not not a woman either and um couldn't really relate to the whole him just basically getting so much sex really uh but he was like a massive right he did well yeah i mean the weird thing is when you're sort of an uh like early mid-teen you you can you could you could look at joey and kind of weirdly be kind of like I'd, you, you'd sort of admire him you'd almost be like inspired until you obviously realise that obviously that's not how you treat women and he has been like a you know a dirtbag to a lot of women and use them and whatnot. Um but his his one of his, his other big trait was obviously food he was like a massive foodie Which I think that was like the more interesting that was the more comical aspect of him because the stuff he'd do with food and how he'd revolve his life around pizza and, well, generally any kind oh, of food, especially yeah. during Thanksgiving episodes. Amazing, amazing. He just, I was impressed how much he could eat. It was great, especially that there's an episode where the, the fridge breaks and he's trying to get people to, to <laughs> buy him a new fridge. <laughs> but, but when it breaks, he has to basically eat everything in the fridge. And it's just like, that kind of typifies what Joey was because he was just dumb, but lovable but really kind of funny with it and he just yeah do this kind of just air the crazy things with food i eat all the fridge content no matter what it was or how long i've been there how stupid he was i don't know if you remember this scene and while you were talking this just pops into my head but i think chandler either hides something of his or or steals it and uses it and then he goes and is wearing the whole of Chandler's wardrobe and walks in <laughs> yeah. and goes, you had my stuff, I'm wearing everything you own, buddy boy. And he's just like, and I've got he just, no... He just waddles in with yeah. it all along <laughs> and, and I'm going, and I've got no underpants on, and I'm like, and, and, then, and then Chandler makes this like, oh, and I'm like, Chandler, does it matter? It's only going to be the thing at the bottom, the bottom layer. Everything else is going to be fine, dude. Like, what the fuck is your problem? Why is it so bad? It's so funny, though. He's just, yeah. I mean, Joey... What what are your thoughts on Joey? See, he was the one that I most resonated um, with. <laughs> resonated with the big time because that's exactly how I was growing up. Oh my god! That. Yeah, I was exactly how I was. So he was always my favorite character. Um, just hysterical. He had so many funny episodes. Do you remember the one with the ball in season five? Oh yeah, where they were just playing, like they were throwing the ball around. And then he ended up, what did he end up calling Ch- Chandler the dropper and Monica the fun sponge? <laughs> so, <laughs> stuff like that made me just hysterical laugh. But yeah, he was, and the one where he, I think he lost the wedding ring or thought he lost it and then blamed it on the stripper. Remember when he, yeah. you guys remember that? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was the funniest stuff for me. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, he's the one I resonated with most for sure. And people mm-hmm. just walking in on each other in bathrooms and stuff were hilarious. But, okay, let's move on to the... Um, whilst we're here, we might as well cover the boys off now. Chandler, who... Probably one of... Probably my favourite character, I have to say. I, I really like the sarcasm um, aspect of Chandler. And the way he used to say, is, is it really going to be? Like, you know, really? <laughs> I, I really... I actually do that a lot. <laughs> so... Yeah, so... <laughs> pardon? I do, I do the same thing. Sarcasm's like uh, the second a, nature to me. It's such a. I think he was the funniest character. Yeah, he I had think, the yeah. best material because th- his character was 
as you say, based around being sarcastic. That was his trait, and therefore he had to have witty lines, one-liners, with just really good retorts and actual funny stuff. Whereas, you know, stuff you know, other characters would say, I've like Joey. It'd be more sort of situational potentially to what he's doing, whether he's you know, womanizing or eating. Where Chandler would, he tend to have sort of a his kind of life and parts of his personality a bit more bland. So he obviously used his humor to sort of get people to like him, which was his, which was like a, a, it was an acknowledged thing between the group that he used humor to get people to like him. And I think that person for me that made him the more interesting and definitely the most funniest character there. Okay. I've got one question on Chandler. Um, do you actually know what he did for a living? <laughs> um, he worked in an office in... Um, <laughs> I know he definitely moved to Tulsa to work. Didn't he move to Tulsa? But, but, yeah, but no one knows. Joey, what did he do? <laughs> um, he was a... Um, I do know what he He was a IT procurement manager. Right. Cause for the... Yeah, for the junior advisor. One of the jokes, though. Yeah, one of the he jokes. He on Wikipedia. One of the jokes on the show was always, no one knew what the fuck he did. Yeah. 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 And he so, would always talk about going to work, and, and then Joey would, remember Joey would crash his office? Yeah, always. All the, all the time. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on Chandler, Joey? I thought he was the funniest, too. He wasn't my favorite. He was my second favorite. But he was easily the funniest. Like sarcasm, I, I I'm a big sarcastic person sometimes to the point where people are like, "Wait, what did you just say?" So, but <laughs> no, he was hysterical. He, he, I mean, every episode he was funny. But that, you know, that was his thing. It was, you know, the characters grew, but that was Chandler's thing. That's what that character was written for, and he, he nailed it. But he was smart too. He wasn't stupid. He came, the, no. you know, he was the he was the clever one. The one with the the one line, like you said, the one line is he would come up with something funny all the time. But he'd also be sometimes quite sensible as well. Out of the two, you know, living together, Joey jo- and him, he would be the one that's usually sensible. But he's also the emotional, the vulnerable one. Yeah, yeah. I you mean, know? he paid all the bills, didn't he? Really, he, did. he basically funded Joey's lifestyle. Yeah, until Joey I don't know how much money he was earning, but <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, his- his facial expressions were comical at times. Like mm. he didn't even have to say anything; you would just laugh at him. Yeah, he was, oh, he's always like he's always doing something funny, and he, he had a really weird girlfriend, Jan, uh, girlfriend Janice. Just, Janice, oh, oh my god, god. Just, <laughs> just so good, so good. Yeah. But yeah, my favorite character. We could be here forever, and we haven't got that much time. So let's quickly move on to who Chandler went on to marry in the end, which was, you know, kind of a twist, really, um, in the show at the time. Uh, Monica, again, massive part of the show, one of the main characters, the bossy one, uh, the chef. She she had a clear, you know, character, didn't she, Joey? She had proper, it was always the same. The, the, yeah. The in, not the insane one. She was bossy and she was... She's a bit of a control freak, really. Exactly. She was very controlling. That was yeah, the word. Very OCD. Yeah, very- that was the other mm. word. I was just going to say that massive. And then, you know, remember when they started getting they, uh, her and Chandler started, you know, being a thing, they hid that for a long time. And I think it was Phoebe that first found out about it. If it I remember was great. Correctly. It was a great part. Yeah, of the show, that was good. yeah, it was, it was great TV, but it, you know, they, 
they just seem like such she would she would be a tough person to date or be with just because of all those little intricacies that she had and you know quirks if you want to call them there that was tough um but yeah i mm-hmm. know again she played the character really well i mean that's what she was she stuck with it and didn't change much through the whole 10 seasons the fat monica Oops. was the best Fat oh my god! Was just so good, <laughs> and that's the stuff we were talking about earlier. That probably you couldn't get away with now because of everybody gets offended by everything. But that was that was hysterical. I mean, that, like the, all the makeup they had on her <laughs> was and, really. And the one line Chandler goes, she goes, "The camera adds ten pounds. How many cameras are actually on you? <laughs> you know, just like." If everyone uses that line, the ten pound camera line. Everyone, uh, mm. you know, yeah. how many cameras are on you? It's just so good, so well written as well. To be honest, let's let's get, say what it is. The writers were fantastic. You know, the the, the yeah. comedy, oh, yeah. everything yeah, was absolutely. on point. Very rarely did you think, yeah, that failed. That joke failed, dude. No, pretty much everyone hit the nail. And then Monica Wise. Um, she was she was great. She was a superstar as well in the end as well. One of the ones that went on to do movies and um, obviously into the show. Um, but what else, uh, Mike? Anything uh, on, on Monica? Well, I think like what's interesting is with Monica and Chandler, and t- up until the point in London where they got together, I don't know what you guys thought. Like I could never see them getting together. It didn't seem a plausible idea. And then as soon as they did, the whole secrecy thing, which lasted what felt like about a season, it might have lasted that long, I don't know, but they lasted a long time keeping it all the wraps. Then when they actually were together, and it was out in the open, and it was like, oh, this is actually a really serious relationship. This is actually, it works. It just felt really natural as well. So I really like how it went from being implausible. Because there are a few... There were a few throwaway lines in earlier seasons of, um, I can't remember exactly what they are, but to the effect of like, oh, you know, if you're not married by the time you're 30, let's get married and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah, they, little... they did. They were setting mm. it up, they were setting it up, putting it into people's minds. But what I liked about these two was the first, the reveal for Ross when he's in his apartment across from them and he's having problems with anger management with his, with his boss or colleagues because they're eating his sandwiches at work. And he's on suspension because he gets angry. <laughs> and then he gets let off and the boss comes to his apartment and he turns around and basically Chandler's snogging her. <laughs> Everyone knows apart from him. And he goes, what are you doing to my sister? And like, you know, he goes fucking nuts. But it's such a great... That was reveal. a good moment. Good reveal. The other one, one of the most <laughs> touching moments in the show was when he finally does uh, pop the question to her. And there's candles everywhere, and like they built again, they built it really well, and it looked like it wasn't going to happen, was going to happen, and in the end, she, she does, you know, she asks him. Yeah, she she does it, and um, it's just it was a really nice moment in the show. So those are some of the things that they actually got it to work. You know, they got a relationship to work, stick together, but then they had their ups and downs in the relationship in terms of babies, this and that. Do you get what I mean? It was. um, and, and the marriage part of it, you know, all those things, natural things that happen with, with couples. Well, I think did that made, sorry, that made Chandler's character even more interesting because he was always like the one absolutely terrified of commitment. He was awful oh, with women. Yeah, always. And generally, even when he was with Monica, he was panicking at times about committing, settling down, having kids and the rest of it. 
which they kind of made a joke about, but then it was really cool the way he is then matured within a very short space of time of meeting Monica. And then was the one who was really up for settling, having kids, marriage, home in the suburbs or the wherever they were, were wanting to get a, a little family house with a dog. Um, and yeah, I think that was really interesting because he was quite a broken character. Chandler. I mean, it kind of yeah. it kept referring a lot yeah. to his childhood and how he was yeah. scarred, mentally scarred by his parents' behaviour and um, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, it had an effect on him growing up from when he was an adult and his relationships with women and dating and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was really really good the way he, his character kind of matured in the same similar sort of way that Rachel's did. Um, but I think his was probably a, a more di- possibly maybe more difficult journey because, as I say, he was so sort of um, damaged from his childhood and then growing up. One of the other um, that was really well put, by the way. Uh, one of the other parts that I liked about Chandler was the boss when the boss keeps smacking people's asses. I, I thought that was another really funny episode. He's like, "Why do you keep hitting me on the ass?" And then he's like, "You want it, don't you?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah." And then he gets one. <laughs> um, anything else, Joey, to add, or should we go to Phoebe, mate? No, we can go to Phoebe. Go on, then you go. You start with it because Phoebe was, I think, throughout the whole show, the most I don't difficult character to play. I think she, yeah, she the- was. She had to play it. She had to act to play that. And she did it amazingly well. Yeah, she really did. And I always thought she was the glue that held everybody together because she's like the ditzy blonde. But like you said, she she played it perfectly. I mean, she may not be everybody's favorite, but she's kind of the, the, the in-between. Like, you don't hate her, but you might not love her, but you understand why she's there. I mean, I don't have a ton to say on her. and Some of their stuff was funny. Uh, she did have, I mean, she was a huge part of the cast. She was, it's not like she was like a throwaway. Like the smelly cat was hysterical when she when I she first heard that. She doesn't Paul Rudd. She does, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which was pretty cool. Well, she had a lot of different. You oh, know, God. they had to write her. They had her. Had they had to write her pregnancy into Friends. You know, like that was part of the whole uh, the whole series. Like that wasn't supposed to be, but she got pregnant and they had to write that in. Yeah. Um, so, which is funny because they didn't do that with uh, Monica with. Um, Courtney Cox. No. So I never, mm. I, I never knew why they did, they didn't do that. But yeah, I mean, I, I liked her, and then, but it, I thought like the like, when she played like surrogate mom, that was kind of cool for her brother, who was actually Giovanni Ribisi, who was awesome in that. I thought he was, he's so good. He acts yeah, so he, well. Like you know? he just, yeah, he's, he's. I, I very, did like that thread. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, cool, he's, he's actually reoccurs for quite a while, very, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's very versatile. Um, you know, I don't know. How much I like the twin sister thing. Um, it was funny. I know a lot of people. I'm glad it was it funny. Was, I'm glad it was in. It wasn't a major thing, you know. Like that's the key to it. Yeah, it was really was, random, wasn't it? It was very randomly. That's yeah. That's cropping the only up. Yeah, I mean, she remember she was. I, mean, I think Sean Sean Penn, who was Eric, played her fiance, and yeah, I mean, yeah. she was just kind of all over the place, but. Um, the one of the funniest things that I thought of her character is when Ursula did porn. Under under Phoebe Buffet, <laughs> yeah. that was so Buffet the vampire slayer. Yeah, Buffet the vampire liar. Liar. Inspect her gadget and Sex Toy Story too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit cracked me up. So she, I mean, she was very funny, 
but it was like sometimes she was just over the top, like annoying, kind of like how Ross was to me. Like I liked Ross's character, but more majority of the time he just annoyed me. Yeah, I mean, there was so many. I think this is a really good point to put some of the stars that were in this that that you know reoccurring roles. I mean, John Favreau went on to do big big things uh, as we know yeah. with Marvel and stuff and other 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 stuff as well that he's done he's done so much but um he was in this and he was a UFC he was a rich guy who wanted to fight in the UFC back when yeah. it was mm. illegal <laughs> so, he was trying to date Monica wasn't he he was yeah, trying yeah. to date Monica's did, affection with his, his wealth he did yeah and he dated her in the end in it so it was it was really cool I mean I mean, just looking at some of these episodes, Gunther, we haven't even mentioned Gunther, right? 100, 159 <laughs> episodes, the only people that were in more shows than him, I mean, no roles, he was only in for seconds, but the only people in more episodes than him were the actual six. Um, mm. And then uh, Jack Geller, the dad, 21. Yes. Um, Judy Geller, 20. Christina Pickles. Maggie Wheeler, Janice, 19. Paul Rudd, then with 18. Um, Carol, Willick, 15. And then um, Paul Rudd was in a lot, wasn't he? Yeah, he was yeah, last two seasons. He ended he was up marrying her, so yeah. yeah, he ended up being Brad Pitt, Bruce Willis, yeah, Emily um, Walton, fourteen. So the, 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 this is all the guy. These are all the uh, Tom Selleck. Remember? Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Monica we, loved him. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, so yeah. there was, and then you said obviously like it goes down into the ones that were only in there for one or two, but Bruce Willis was one of the big ones. I think Brad he Pitt was, was in it once. Good. Yeah, wasn't Reese Witherspoon in it as well? She was, she was in it. Um, and yeah. Christine Applegate, yeah, they were Rachel's Applegate. sisters, weren't they? Yep, yep. She was Elle McPherson. She was Joey's roommate, which was a, quite a good role because that kind of shocked Joey because it was the woman he basically couldn't get. It kind of, yeah, it kind yeah, of yeah. like affected his. It, it kind of destroyed his mojo, thinking he could shut up any woman, and she was just completely immune to it. Which was quite an interesting, uh, but short. Reese Witherspoon too. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon mm. was in it. Ben Stiller, yeah. yeah, Ben Stiller was Rachel's boyfriend for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> the shouting one. one. Ryder. <laughs> Remember the one with Winona Ryder with the big kiss? Oh and my Rachel? god, there was that loads. was hysterical. <laughs> There's so many. You know what? You could go through the list. I'm scrolling down IMDb, and the list just doesn't. Alec end. Baldwin. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. the list doesn't. So many. Does, the list does not end, guys. We could be here. All oh, night yeah. talking about special um, <laughs> guests. They, they, they were. It was such a popular show that everybody wanted to be on it. So let me ask you before we, we we've only got five or six minutes left here. Um, does it hold up today? I think so. I can watch it now and and enjoy it. But obviously, just apart from some of the jokes that won't hold up for other people, but for myself, just looking back when I watch it, I I still love it, Joey. Yeah, same here. I actually still watch it. Like you said, it's syndicated. It's basically everywhere. I still think it holds up, which says a lot for a show from 1994, because all those other shows I watched when I was a kid, I, I probably would never watch anymore. But Friends, I could watch any time, any part of the day. Some part of that show will make me laugh, and that, that goes a long way with me. Mike, same question to you. Does I agree. As I said, the way, I mean, the way sort of, sort of political correctness issues to do with the style of comedy, the jokes, but... I will happily sit down and watch it, and I think it. I think it's the, the quality of the writing in general, the quality of the of the comedy, still resonates today. You can still get some really good laughs out of virtually any episode you watch. So yeah, it's still very very watchable today. I think. Just a couple left before I let you both go. So, would you want a friend's 
reunion, Mike? Hmm. Well, it's 13 years since it ended. I don't know if it's just they've been left a bit too long now. I mean, I think, I mean, there's always been talk about it. You know, it's always cropped up and there's, there's been rumours about it. And I think, I don't know, 13 years for me, I just think it's maybe just a bit too, it's just missed miss, miss, miss the, miss the boat, I think, a little bit. Personally, I wouldn't be too bothered about it now because I've kind of disconnected from friends, having not seen it for so many years, and then it coming back on Comedy Central and watching that sporadically. I've kind of moved on from that. You know, you've gone through other things like Lost, Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, Westworld. You, you've kind of, in my opinion, I've moved away from that leftovers um but uh joey yeah. what would you think of a of a, of a friend's reunion uh, i just, i completely agree with what mike said I, I i love the show i have no interest in reunions i don't want to see them back together it's been talked about many many times um it doesn't need to happen i'm not it would a, be a shame as well when if, if it, it happened it. and it just wasn't very good yeah that's the yeah. danger you always have yeah, exactly. Tainting. It's impossible yeah. to probably get the production exactly the same quality again. Those these type of things happen, or like 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 Joe, Joey said earlier, sometimes by accident. You know, sometimes you fall into things, and I don't think any of them expected this to be making a billion dollars a year after they finish. You know, mm-hmm. so Warner Brothers yeah. didn't expect it. I don't think anybody expected it to do what it did. So when you have something like, why, why even go and spoil it? It'd be nice maybe to get, I don't know, a movie out of it or something. I don't know. It's something that's just a one-off would be interesting. Maybe to see how they're doing when they're older with kids or whatever, how they behave with kids. You know, I don't know. Something that is not a, a, a something that you have to watch 24 episodes of, you know, just if you really want to make some money. But this is the thing. I don't, I think if it wasn't, if it wasn't as big as it was or is, right? You know, to say is because it is making money. Hmm. Then I reckon they would have done something. But because they're all content, they know that this is going to make them money for years and years and years. They don't have to touch anything. They're all like, well, what's the need? It's well, we're on the, not the need either. No, they don't I need think it. some of them would feel a bit precious about we've done 10 seasons. We wouldn't want to potentially ruin it by doing any more or, you know, Worst thing they could do is make another season. I mean, because you're probably not going to have all the same writers backs twenty, you know, twenty or twenty or more years since it started. Where are these people now? Even since finishing thirteen years ago, who who's still around? Who's yeah. still in the business? Who's still alive in that whole production of what yeah. made Friends such a great machine? And I think the they point. tried so, something. They tried something. They tried the Joey spin-off, which didn't work. No, so they awful. did try to do. They tried to do something, didn't they? So that that was kind of the that was kind of the test, you know. What can we do if we did? If Joey works, we could probably split them all up and do something. Maybe if they wanted to. Yeah, I don't think any of them wanted. To. They want to go become movie stars, right? But hmm. Joey, it just didn't work, and it was canned. In theory, it it, it obviously worked on. In theory, but like okay, we were taking a really funny character, put him in his own. Focus, but no, you, you need the dynamics of the whole group. Yeah, I was, I was, I was a, loyal to it just because of friends. So I watched it just because of friends, but I don't think everybody did. Anyway, I watched the, I watched the first few, and it just didn't. 
I watched the whole season. I watched the whole season and a half or two seasons, was it? I think I watched the whole yeah, whatever. Watch my Yeah, yeah, I did because of Joey, you know. But um, Joey, <laughs> what is <laughs> what is Friends? What is the legacy of Friends? This is the last one. I think the legacy of Friends is basically what you're seeing in, in any kind of sitcom right now. It laid the groundwork for people to basically do whatever they wanted. Um, you know, let's remember this. There was nothing before this, and there really hasn't been anything after. And it has. It, they have tried to sort of replicate it. There are a few shows like Community and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which are sort of like it. Um, but like, I take a show like How I Met Your Mother. Like How I Met Your Mother is a good show, but it pales in comparison. They just basically tried to replicate Friends in How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, they did. And it, it just never came off the same way. I mean, it, it was a decent show, but not even remotely close to what Friends was. It's it, it it might be the greatest show ever. You could make a you could make a really good case for Friends being the greatest show ever. And you can get debate on it. Um there always always gonna be shows being made. There's great shows out right now and uh TV's probably at this moment is at the height of peak of its powers, I would say. Uh but you could make a strong case for Friends being the greatest show ever. So that's kind of it's legacy where, where I, as far as I can see. Yeah, if we still had a Hall of Fame, uh, on the Box Hall of Fame, that Neil and Simon started, this was going to go straight in. Definitely. No question. But um, we don't have it, because it was kind of poor. Um, anyway, Mike, <laughs> legacy for you? I mean, I think it says a lot when we can, 13 years after it's ended, 23 years after it begun, after it began, sorry, that we can still, off the top of our head, memorise, think about the characters, discuss and remember so many specific quotes, lines, scenarios, and, you know, episodes, you know, that are really, really memorable and sort of really iconic in, in culture. And I think it's, I mean, it's a shame that sort of the younger generation today probably won't experience anything like we did growing up with friends and um, so i think it's yeah that's a sort of testament to it that you can still you can think back and you can pick any character and you can reel off half a dozen scenarios of really funny really memorable stuff that they did yep so if you haven't watched this show and you've listened to this because you're loyal because some of you are amazing listeners honestly you've got 10 seasons of content there to go and watch and have a lot of fun with uh, we haven't spoiled much at all. There's too much. There's stuff we haven't talked about. Honestly, you can go and watch this and you will love it. And um, I just think, like, I think both of the guys nailed it there, the legacies-wise. What, what's come afterwards, What how we are reacting to it when we're talking about it now. I just think um, it's one of the best shows ever made, for sure. And really, really funny. And makes you feel good. That's one of the things. If you want something to, you know, feel good, Especially in times of we are right now, this this show <laughs> will make you feel good, and you'll have a smile on your face after you watch it. So, if you need something for content, this is available. Go and watch it. The box sets are around, and I'm sure you can pick up one for cheap. Um, so, I just want to say massive thank you to Joey and Mike, guys. Any plugs for what you're doing at the moment, Mike? Um, I am doing various bits for Metro, Yahoo TV, and a few other things, but. You can basically see it all on my Twitter, which is 
uh, at Mike underscore P underscore Williams if you want to go and check out what I'm up to. And Gott is back soon, which he'll probably be writing about every week. Joey, any plugs? AI Legends? Yeah, Legends, I just released one a couple of days ago um, with Dave Hendrick and um, Fizzy, as you guys know him on Twitter, but Jan uh, Gorski Mercier. We did uh, Kenny Dalglish. I have recording one tomorrow and possibly even Saturday. Um, then I'll take a little break from that because summer's around, but uh, I did some articles for AI Comic Pod. I have a lot of those out there, and three were submitted. But they need to. Get I know edited. they're. They yeah, they're they're edited. long. They're long, and uh, you know, it, that's how I write when I write about comics. It's my I own fault. I need to get someone but, to edit them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they're long, man. I, I don't blame you. So they'll be out too. But other than that, no, I'll, I'll be around. Um, I'll be doing soccer pods. I'll be doing yeah, excuse me, football pods. No, it's just fine. Soccer is fine. Different stuff for AI. Yeah. We call it what you call it at the end of the day. Yes, yeah, so uh, for my part, go and check out the fixture pod that we've done. Myself and Chris Williams um, analysed uh, the fixtures, put our own uh, stint on it, opinions on it, but also used a lot of the um, analysis that Dan Kenny used on LFC TV that he said he did himself. So uh, really good stuff in there uh, to go and listen to because um, Dan is fantastic. Other things, go and listen to Audible. There should be some more videos coming soon. Plenty, plenty going on in AI. Just check out the feed. I'm at Gags Tandon, at On The Box as well, the On The Box podcast. And um, we will be bringing you many more of these soon. I'm sure, I'm sure Leftovers is going to be one of them very soon with me and Joey at some point. Leftovers, Lost. Oh, oh, and Lost. Lost has got lost <laughs> with both of these lads. So we'll bring that back It deserves back as well. some respect though, so it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time, that one. We're going to have to watch some of it. I need to find recaps, really. I can't watch the whole six seasons or whatever it was. So I need to find No, recaps. no, that's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And they're not half an hour shows. They're an hour show, long shows. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but let's finish with This Was Friends. And uh, did you really think we weren't going to cover this show? <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>